Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And of course, we know we're facing a uh, drought here in the state of Utah. Water, as always, is a big issue. Uh, looking for the right kind of ways to see if we can't be helpful in that situation. And here to help us break it down, uh, Deseret News opinion writer Jay Evenson joins us. Uh, Jay, how are you doing today? Doing great, Boyd. Thank you. Great to have you back on the program, and uh, you're, you're going to go out on a limb and say that shaming your neighbors is not the best solution to a drought. <laughs> I, you know, I can't think of any problem that is best solved by shaming your neighbors. So, but, but, you know, if you go back to um, 2015, there was a severe drought in California, really all up and down uh, the West Coast. And a lot of water companies and local governments in California thought, yeah, the best thing to do is to report people who are not following the water rules. And um, they meant, I think, for this to be uh, anonymous uh, and and not to to be public when it came to their official uh, reporting mechanisms. But it it became a license for people to go on Twitter and other social media and post pictures of neighbors who, uh, who were violating the rules, watering their driveway, washing their cars, that kind of thing. And in some cases, uh, neighbors were settling old scores and, you know, making up things. And it's, uh, it's never a good thing. <clears throat> but here's the situation. And you're right. You teed it up well. We're in, a, we're in a drought situation. I don't think Utahns, a lot of them, realize just how severe uh, the drought is right now. And um, the state is saying that uh, even the runoff from the mountains is, is getting absorbed into the uh, the dry uh, earth before it can reach uh, can reach us down here below. And so we may get to a point this summer where we see water restrictions on watering your lawns, that type of thing. And when that happens, people naturally get angry when they see others disobeying those rules and they want to start reporting people. And uh, I'm saying, you know, there's a better way to do this. <laughs> well, let's let's but, explore but, let's explore some of those better ways besides uh, shaming yeah. your neighbor or uh, ha- having the uh, the big wall of shame of uh, the the most egregious offenders of uh, water use coming up here this summer. Uh, there are some some ways to seriously. This obviously is a serious issue, uh, but there are some good free market ways that could uh, could actually be helpful that you explored in your piece on Deseret dot com today. Share with those with us. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good uh, ways, but they're not very popular. So the free market says uh, anything you have to pay more for, you're going to use less of. And anything you pay less for, you're going to not treat as if it's so precious. Mm. And right now we have pretty low water rates in Utah. And um, partially uh, one of the big reasons we do is because we use tax subsidies to help uh, water companies. They, they, get, they receive uh, property tax subsidies. And that keeps the rates artificially low. And so what I'm saying is let's reduce those property tax subsidies or 
get rid of them completely. But I think that's kind of a, a, a step that's probably too big for the state right now. But let's reduce them and let's increase the price of water. And people will naturally get the idea that they better use less of it. Yeah. And, and to do this, you can set up uh, tiered systems. We already have this on most water companies in Utah. Uh, anything up to 5,000 gallons a month uh, is, is at the lowest cost possible. And then it jumps up after that. And what I'm saying is I think we need to have a little higher jump after 5,000 so people get the idea. And, um, you know, the governor's talked about let's have people take shorter showers, that kind of thing. Most of the water usage is outdoor usage. It's mm. watering your lawns. Right. Um, interestingly, showering only takes up about 17% of the water usage of a typical home. I don't know if that's a typical home with a teenager <laughs> or not, but uh, or maybe that would be a little bit high. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, you know, the outdoor watering is what we need to get at. And, yeah. and so a 5,000-gallon limit per family per month uh, allows for quite a bit of regular living before it starts to bite. But it's got to start costing more or people are just going to keep using as much as they have been. Yeah, the more it feels like it's just a commodity and you don't really have to think about it, you don't have to think about it, and so you don't, and uh, you keep going. It's interesting, we were talking out in the newsroom uh, just before the show, and uh, there have been some interesting things like in places like Nevada where they actually uh, you know, paid people to – to change out their landscape and there were incentives uh, for, for different things that would help with that water conservation. Um, and as we look yeah. at those kind of solutions, uh, I also want to just really quickly, Jay, if you can uh, maybe even connect this to uh, the debates and, and conversation that will happen in the special session of the Utah legislature coming up with uh, a big chunk of unexpected cash coming in uh, from the federal government. Uh, the the governor saying, Hey, we need to kind of get our water uh plan and and uh, systems uh, up to speed uh, how do you see all of that playing out yeah you know uh you mentioned las vegas and that's uh, a, a prime example they pay uh, three dollars a foot i think to let you rip up your lawn and put in some kind of desert landscaping and and uh i you know i'm not an expert on this kind of thing but i've talked to people who are and they say you can get some pretty nice uh, drought-resistant landscaping that does cool down your home and, and does look nice and doesn't take as much uh, uh, effort. You don't have to mow it every every weekend. Um, so, yes, the legislature, I think, uh, ought to address this. And these are other ways of, of providing economic incentives, right, if you right. give people a certain amount of money to, to change out their lawn. The other aspect they could look at is, um, is doing more to uh, incentivize construction companies to build homes that have smaller lawns or or that have these natural desert kind of landscapes built in. The the problem you have there is that the cheapest thing is to put in a, a, a grass lawn, put in turf. Um, so they need some kind of incentive to not do that. And, uh, and, and I think gradually you'll change the mindset. I used to live in Las Vegas. I worked for the Review Journal right. down there for several years and people had green lawns back then uh and they don't anymore right somewhere along the way the mindset changed in phoenix and las vegas and tucson and people realized that hey, we, we got to quit having these green lawns and i think i think it's time for that in utah we've been going through about 20 years now of mostly drought and it doesn't look like it's going away. We need to change our behavior. Yeah. Uh, great insight, as always. You can read Jay's piece at Deseret.com. 
And, uh, Jay, always appreciate your perspective. This is uh, The water is a uh, big one for us here in the desert, and it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out in the uh, the months ahead. Thanks again for joining us, Jay. Thank you, Boyd. Uh, again, I think it's so uh, vital that we have these kinds of conversations and that we explore all the possibilities. Uh, yeah, the free market economy can do some things in terms of incentive. Uh, pricing obviously makes a difference if we view it as a, uh, a commodity uh, that is never-ending uh, then we're going to use it like it's never ending. If we're going to have some incentives uh, that are going to be helpful uh, that actually hit the pocketbook, that makes a difference. Uh, and, of course, there's a host of other things. Plus, we also just need to make sure that we are getting our infrastructure right uh, to make sure we're not uh, losing it along the way. And it'll be interesting to see what the Utah legislature does uh, coming up in this special session as it relates to some of our infrastructure as we try to build out and project uh, what we need to do uh, for the the years ahead as we continue to grow and as people continue to come here to the state of Utah. Uh, just a uh, heads up, things we're tracking here as we go through the hour. Uh, as was mentioned, uh, President Joe Biden will be speaking, uh, we expect, sometime in the next uh, 15 or 20 minutes. We'll cover that as it relates to the masks. The CDC, of course, has said if you are vaccinated, uh, masks aren't required, uh, except for in a few cases, uh, places like public transportation, hospitals and uh, airplanes, a few others. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor that portion of the program. Uh, we also have our interview coming up uh, with Governor Spencer Cox coming up at 2.20 today uh, to talk about that, uh, along with a host of other things. So we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick bottom of the hour news break. Uh, when we come back, the state of Utah has been ranked number one again in what? Find out. Jonathan Williams joins us from the American Legislative Exchange Council. Coming up next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.